I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers post-game show. And yet again, here we are, Lance, my co-host Lance Williams with another doomsday prophecy that was another Steelers game as the Steelers <laughs> drop a tough one. 24 to 20, they lose in San Francisco. They haven't won there since 19, was it 99? Yes, I was at that game. Yes. They did not party like it was 1999. And... They're now 0-3. So, Lance, welcome to the show. That was a tough one to watch. Five turnovers. They were only able to equate those turnovers to six points, two field goals. Knee-jerk reaction. What is it? Oh, the team is just pretty bad, pretty inconsistent in all phases. Special teams is not good enough. Defense is not good enough. Offense is not good enough. No particular unit is good enough to support a first-year starter. Um, or a second-year starter with limited experience. They're just bad all the way across the board. Luckily for them, I think they're playing the Bungles in Week 4, correct? That is correct. Both teams are 0-3. Someone's got to win. Um, so there, there are some flashes. It's just not consistent enough and good enough, and, it, and it's not good enough in a variety of facets to support such a young quarterback. Yeah, I agree, and I really hated the game plan coming into this game. Um, you have to... <laughs> They played right into the 49ers' strengths. If you think about the first half offensively, uh, the Steelers were determined to try and establish a run game, and they literally were banging themselves. uh, They're banging their head against the wall multiple times over and over again with a loaded box. And for the third straight week, the defense loaded up the box and said, we dare you to throw it deep. And the Steelers refused to. And when they tried to, the offensive line, who I thought had one of the worst performances I have ever seen uh, in at least the last five years, 
they had no answer to D Ford and some others along that defensive front, which is very good, by the way. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from the 49ers, but on a day where a defense creates or is given, depending on how you put it, five turnovers, you, you got to win that football game, period. Yeah, I mean, to your point about running against a loaded box, you can run against a loaded box. I mean, we've seen teams do it. Um, and a lot of times running against a loaded box, you can pop one and you can get a big run. I mean, we've seen guys like Adrian Peterson do it for years, although they don't clearly have an Adrian Peterson. But I think the bigger issue in trying to run into an eight-man box is, man, you got to get some movement. They don't get movement consistently at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, although it's a loaded box, but when you're running on first down and getting one yard, no linebacker is making that tackle. Now, like that's that's the defensive line making that tackle. You, there are too many run stuffs. They have to get that cleaned up. So the offensive line is not playing good enough. The tackles were getting dominated <laughs> for stretches of this game. Uh, Bosa and D Ford were eating. I mean, they they they, they were cooking uh, this game. It's just not good enough. It's just not good enough on both sides of the ball. O line play is not good enough. You got a running back that puts the ball on the ground. The wide receiver struggled to get open. The quarterback, of course, is going to be inconsistent given the fact that he's young. But, man, this is what a rebuild looks like. This is what it's going to possibly look like week to week. So if you're a squeamish Steeler fan, you better get your motion sickness uh, medicine. You better get that drama mean and pop two tabs every Sunday because it's going to be a rocky road. Yeah, it's going to be a rocky road. And, and a lot of people are saying that, you know, they're saying Rudolph – didn't play well. No, he didn't play well. But at the same time, Lance, you said it yourself. Don't don't freak out. This is a tough spot for a rookie for a first time starter to go across country to be on the road and to try to win this game. And the Steelers, I didn't feel as a coaching staff, gave him enough opportunities to win the game early in the game. And then the second half, when they started to open up the playbook a little bit, or at least play calling a little bit you saw a little bit more success. But the crazy thing is, and it's always going to come back to this for me, and it's something that I mentioned on the Steelers preview, on the standards as a standard, it sounds cliche, but the game will be won in the trenches. And the Steelers did not win the battle of the line of scrimmage on either side. Um, I, I thought that the Steelers' offensive line was pushed around. They didn't, they didn't provide space for Connor. They did not provide time for Rudolph. And then on the defensive front, Although early, it looked good. Late, it was bad. They were getting gashed by the run, and that was really the most deflating aspect of this defense is that once the Steelers' offense started to click, they're making big plays. The 76-yarder to Juju Smith-Schuster, the 39-yarder to Deontay Johnson, they get the lead. You're thinking this is it. They're going to turn the tide. They gave up a touchdown. Both times, they failed to answer. And so yeah, for me, yeah. it comes down to – I'll give you an example. Let's put an APB up for Cam Hayward. Has anyone seen him other than when he was laying on the ground hurt? No, you have not. I mean, and to your point, Jeff, again, this defense, it, it, and this is why football is the best complimentary game around. Um, baseball is one, too, given, you know, pitching and offense and all that stuff. They don't convert third downs. What that does is it gashes your defense out. Your defense probably plays 20 to 25 additional snaps. You're gassed in the second half. And what does that cause? You know, you get change. You get time of possessions lopsided. You get a team that runs the ball forty times. Like you, like you can't sustain on defense when a team has an opportunity to run it forty times. 
there. So I'm just looking at the play calls here, and I'm doing just a rough count. San Francisco ran 72 plays to the Steelers. I'm looking at 49 because I'm just counting the rushing attempts and the passing totals, the attempts. I'm not counting the sacks. Well, if I add the two sacks, I'll round it up to 30. So you got 52 snaps to 73 snaps on the road. It was pretty hot out here today. It's tough on the defense. But like you said, Jeff, no excuses. Your rookie quarterback is out there or second-year quarterback, uh, very inexperienced starter, is out there trying to just play the best he can and maintain and not lose the game. And your defense doesn't pick him up. That's depressing, demoralizing. And again, there is no unit on this football team that is good enough at the moment to sustain the rookie. Well, yeah, and again, he's not a rookie, but he feels like a rookie you're because right. of the second year. I get, I get what you're saying, but the thing is, is that I just, I guess, for me, I was expecting a little bit more creativity than what I saw offensively from the game plan standpoint. Um, I did like, you know, the end of rounds were successful. One to Johnny Holden, one to Deontay Johnson. Um, you, you're talking about a young offensive group when you have Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, and Deontay Johnson as your primary three wide receivers. That's a very young group. Early on in the game, Deontay Johnson, I think Mark Caballi of The Athletic pointed out he's been, he was cutting off his routes too soon. That was some of those errant throws by Rudolph. Rudolph was inconsistent early. I'm sure that he was feeling some nerves um, after the game or during the game, and he definitely settled in. Um, I, I do want to mention, though, for those Steeler fans that are thinking that it's all lost, that everyone, every, you know, the season's over and everyone's hating the Minka Fitzpatrick trade because now they don't have a first-round pick next year. We'll talk about him in a second. The, the Cleveland Browns play on Sunday Night Football. It's about to kick off in about five minutes. If they lose to the Los Angeles uh, Rams, then the Steelers are in the same spot they were in the division as of yesterday because the Baltimore Ravens lost to Kansas City. They're 2-1. and one. The Bengals lost 0-3. Steelers are 0-3. If the Browns lose, they're 1-2. I think what you have to do is if you're trying to spin this in a way that gives the Steelers a little bit of hope, it's that you focus on one thing, the AFC North. That's here's, it. What I'm, here's what I'm going to do, Jeff. I'm going to spin it even more. Sure. Talking about a division title, talking about the playoffs, talking about any of that should not be mentioned. You literally have to look at this team week to week. Yeah, like this. This is a week to week team talking about where they are. Like none of that matters, right? They're just trying to get a win, and they're trying to finally put together a consistent four quarters of play. You've seen a quarter here, you've seen two quarters here, maybe a quarter here, but they have yet to put together a cohesive four quarter effort. They played well in spots in the first half, not in the second half. So it's about one game at a time, literally. And that's one of the few cliches that I absolutely get right every single time. <laughs> one yeah, game at yeah. a time. It's just one game at a time. Like standings, none of that. You can strip all that talk away. It's about what do they need to do to get right against the Bengals, period. Yeah. just And, and at this point, exactly, you're looking at 0-3. Um you literally, like you said, have to take it one game at a time. It's a one-game season. You're just trying to win one game. And then when you win one, you're just trying to win that second one. And uh, it's it was a it's tough the way that the Steelers have lost the last two games. They've been there. Week one was a, was they had their doors blown off. I've said it a million times. By the by halftime, everyone's thinking this game's done. 
these last two games were totally different. It's it's a situation where, my goodness, they had a chance in both of those games, and yet there was always something going wrong. Now, I did get to see, before we went live on the air, uh, Dayan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com posted on his uh, Twitter feed um, an interview with Mark Barron, who was called for that costly third-down hold on George Kittle. Barron said that he didn't feel like he held him, that Kittle ran into him. That Randall was rever- Kittle was reversing his field. Barron had inside leverage, and he ran into him. I'm not saying I believe in that, but Lance, th- th- this game was like we always say the famous Joe Gibbs quote of the game of football can be boiled down to three or four plays, and we could probably list them right now. Those three or four plays, the first being to me the James Conner fumble. They, they absolutely have, felt they like Cleveland have, last year. It felt like the Cleveland fumble last year. Yep. They have a chance to at least be in the driver's seat with a lead. You're thinking worst-case scenario, they run the ball, they they get a first down, they kill some clock, they punt the ball away and force the 49ers to have to drive the length of the field. Not that they struggled with that this today, but at the same time, now you give them a short field and we know what happens. Um, Mark Barron. Again, third down, chance to force a field goal, which would be a tie game, changes the way the Steelers have to approach that final drive as a field goal would win it compared to a touchdown needed. And that holding call on third and, what was it, 17, I think, gave him a fresh set of downs, and they equate that to a touchdown. Lance, what other plays stuck out to you that turned the tide in this game one way or the other? Well, I'm just thinking those are the two most obvious. I, I would only point out two the bad defensive series after the scores. I mean, and there wasn't a particular play, which is the set of plays. That was just bad defense. I mean, that's the perfect example of changing momentum. You finally get a foothold in the game. You hit the big play to Juju. What you want is your defense to give you the ball at least in six snaps, but you give up a touchdown and now you're chasing the lead again. So it's just, you know, not one particular play. It's just the bad and the inconsistent defense in the game that really just did not pick up this quarterback. When you have a quarterback as young as Mason Rudolph, you have to be able to, to, to lean on something. And, you know, he wasn't able to lean on the defense or the running game. There aren't just enough pieces good enough right now on this football team to get them to win. Okay. Another way to spin this a little bit, and we're always trying to you know, spin the web. So here we go. Let's look at who the Steelers have played. Okay, they, they lost to a team that hasn't surrendered a touchdown yet, I don't think. Last I checked. I don't know what the final score is New England today. They beat the Jets pretty bad. Um, New England, dominant team, looks to be a Super Bowl favorite once again. Uh, they lost to a Seattle team that they did lose to New Orleans today, but they're 2-1. and one. And they lost to an undefeated San Francisco 49ers team. I don't want people to think that the Steelers are out here losing to the Miami Dolphins or to the New York Jets. Uh, they they are playing like Lance. You said it best on our standard as a standard show this week. San Francisco's defensive front is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean absolutely, they're, they're good. And see, in Pittsburgh's defense, although they made plays, it just seemed like in a lot of this, it, it just seems like they're just a, a heartbeat off. You know what I mean? Like there were a couple plays where they were just a second late or not. You know, you know what I mean? It's just tough. See, this is what it is, Jeff. This isn't a defense, particularly, and there's no defense typically in the National Football League that can sustain if they play, let's say, 65 snaps or more. 
I mean, when you're starting to get to that range, you're not fresh in the second half, and then you start giving up stuff. Imagine what this defense would look like if this offense could actually convert third downs consistently. I mean, you see what this defense looks like when it is fresh and it's hunting. Man, I mean, you just can't. And I'm not surprised that the defense does not sustain itself in the second half. I mean, the Steelers have to be one of the worst third-down conversion offenses in the National Football League. It has to be bottom five. I would guess that it's bottom three. I think they've only converted maybe total on the year like four, maybe five in three games. So it's just really hard to play sustained defense when you don't convert the, when you don't convert third downs. So, and that again is why the game is such a complimentary game. A lot of times your offense is your best defense and they needed the offense to hold the ball when that defense was clearly gassed in the second half. Speaking of third downs, I'm not sure if you said this they were 3 for 12 today on third down for 20. Actually, that's positive. Like actually that's a good day for them. <laughs> like like the previous games, I think they were like one of thirteen and like one of twelve. I mean, converting three, that's like an uptick. Like that that really is. I, I'll look that up and, and I'll give you the number because I have it in my Google Sheets. But trust me, that, that's an uptick, Jeff. Okay, so let's look at some team statistics here before we get into the specific player statistics. So you have total first downs. Listen to this number. The 49ers 26, the Steelers eleven. Now, the 49ers had three due to penalties. Steelers had one, so that's kind of a push. Efficiency, they gave up. Uh, the 49ers on third down were six for 11. That's 55%. Not outstanding, yet it is what it is. Total net yards, San Francisco 436 to Pittsburgh's 239. You mentioned the plays run. San Francisco 73 to 51 for Pittsburgh. Um, rushing yards. Uh, the 49ers had 168, Pittsburgh 79. Passing yards, San Francisco 268, C- Seattle Steelers 160. Uh, the 49ers only only gave up one sack, Pittsburgh gave up two. Uh, gross yards, you can see that. So there you have that. Um, it was just. Let me give you the third down total. Go Jeff. for it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, they've converted nine of 35 third down attempts for 20. For, for a tune of 25.8%. I don't know where that ranks, but riddle me this. It's probably bottom five in the National Football League. Say that Say that number again. I, I, they, they've yeah. converted nine of 35. Oh. Nine. They're averaging three a game. So in the Patriot game, they were three of 12. Seattle game, three of 11. 49er game, three of 12. Until they get stats like that right, they're going to struggle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mean, they're going to struggle, and the snap counts are going to be tilted, and, you know, they're going to struggle. If you look at their defense, um, Patriots, 7 of 14, Seattle, 5 of 13, and, and I think in this ball game, 
Yeah, San Francisco was 6 of 11. You can't support that and win games. You can't be a sub-50% hell, a sub-30% third down offense and above 50% uh in you know third down defense it ju- it just won't sustain itself uh you know you're giving a 47% on third down on defense and you're only converting 25% of your third downs on offense you're not going to win football games that way okay let's dig into the individual statistics a little bit james connor finishes as a leading rusher for the steelers 13 carries 43 yards Mason Rudolph with four carries for 15 yards. Um, not good rushing numbers. Any any comments about Connor or the rushing game that we haven't already said? Where's Samuel at? Was he hurt? Was he a healthy scratch? I mean, where he was, was he? No, he was there. They just didn't give him a – he didn't even touch the football. He did not touch the football. I mean, again, it's not good enough. You're, you're leading Bell Cow back 13 to 43, 3.3 yards per carry and a fumble. As, in comparison to the Niners – their two backs had, you know, 12 of 79 and 14 for 68, averaging 6.6 and 4.9. Just not good enough. Right. Let's look at Mason Rudolph now, 14 of 27, 174 yards, two touchdowns, one interception for an 81.4 rating. Uh, Mason Rudolph, in my opinion, I, I I said it earlier, I didn't think he was – early on he looked confused a little bit. The 49ers were definitely showing pressure from one side and bringing it on the other the offensive line looked confused. Whether that's Rudolph wasn't adjusting the protections well enough, I'm not sure. Lance, thoughts on Mason Rudolph's debut and his first NFL start of his career? Average. Yeah. I, I would say, would you say as expected? Yes. Okay. I think, it was, I think it's about what you could ask for. But he put the Steelers in a position to win. You know, he put them in a position to win. They had the ball with under four minutes to go in the fourth quarter for a young quarterback to go on the road. I keep wanting to call him a rookie, but for a guy that's only has two starts to go on the road against an undefeated team and you have the ball under four minutes, you can't ask for anything more. I mean, that he did exactly what he needed to do. He put the Steelers in a prime position to win the football game. Other guys have to pick him up, and they did not. Yep. I know I agree. And like, I'm not absolving him of any wrongdoing. His interception was awful. Rolling to your right, throwing across your body, not reading underneath coverages. I would hope. I say like, uh, he'll learn from it. I don't know. We'll wait and see next week. We haven't seen much of him, but I hope that he learns from that. Doesn't make that mistake again. Um, I'm sure he'll own it for sure. Receiving. Let me, let's, let me, just, let me just say this ahead. before you go into sure. the receiving stats. If I told you, that Mason Rudolph put the Steelers in position to win a game and they had the ball in the fourth quarter with under four minutes to go every single week. Man, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy that. That's some stock I'm going to buy. However, the negative to that is how many times you're going to get five turnovers. What do they get? Five turnovers or four in the first half. I mean, you're not going to pretty much be in that position again, but man, they had the ball four minutes to go. You got to win that game. This definitely was set up to be one of those win ugly. And as you always say, Lance, win and correct and move on. And now it's a gut punch loss. Have to regroup trying to find that first win. Before I forget here, Hassan puts $5 in the tip chart, says, will Keith Butler be fired at the end of the year? Uh, was the def- defensive game plan good enough? 
Um, I thought it was I thought it was solid. They got a lot of hits on Jimmy Garofalo. Um, they struggle with play action, and, and and Devin Bush is struggling with play action. Him and Barron are, str- I mean, they are struggling with play action. But I thought the defense in spots played well enough. However, again, when you're not converting third downs on offense and you're playing all those additional snaps, you're going to give up some stuff. So ultimately, they lost the game, so it was not good enough. Well, let, let's be honest about Bush and Barrett here. When you can't stop the run, you have yeah. to respect the run. So when you do play action, of course you're going to get gashed based on the fact that you're getting gashed. I mean, the ideal situation is that Stefan Tuitt or the front four are able to make those tackles, and Bush isn't having to come up and make tackle after tackle. Like I saw Bob Pompiani on KDKA say how poorly Bush has played. He hasn't been perfect, but at the same time, as an inside linebacker, you're kind of in a lose-lose situation. If you're coming up and trying, okay, we're getting gashed by the run. you got to stop the run. So you get sucked in because you're trying to stop the run. They dump it over your head. That's good offense because they have you in that predicament. So, um, as always, the live chat is just filled with nothing but positivity. So let's just keep going down the line with our <laughs> <laughs> with um, receiving. Uh, seven targets for Juju Smith-Schuster, only three catches. One of them was a 76-yarder for a touchdown. Kind of sparked the Steelers in the second half, but he finished the day with 81 yards. 76 of those yards were on one play. Lance, I wanted to ask you about this because I just wanted your personal take on it. What do we have to do? Or, I'm sorry, where is... What's going on with him? Because a lot of reporters that are there live that are watching the game from the, you know, that upper deck view are seeing single coverage. They're not doubling Juju Smith-Schuster. They're putting that extra defender in the box to stop the run. What's going on here? I mean, I have to take another look at it, but, you know, I think they're going to have to scheme Juju open. I mean, Juju, to a certain extent, has to prove that he's a number one and he has to prove that he can beat single coverage. I mean, no Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I'm I'm going to double – I'm not going to double Juju either. I'm going to make Juju beat me. Um, if he gets over top of me, then he does. But, you know, when you can't run the ball and you have a, a, a guy in his second start, I mean, you know, why double Juju? Juju has not played well enough to respect the double. Um, and one thing we're seeing is – Juju is getting your best corner every week. So maybe the reality of it is that Juju is a number one and a half or a number two, but not a number one. And that's fine, but you just have to put, you have to scheme him open. You have to do some things to help him and not put him in a way where he's an isolation receiver. I got to look at the all 22 more. You know, one thing you probably can do is move him around, play him, not play him exclusively as the X or the Z, but move him around as that Y receiver, put him in bunch formation, get him in motion, different type of stuff to help Juju. But overall, when you have a wide receiver core, Smith, Schuster, Johnson, and Washington, I'm sorry, that that's not going to scare anybody. And, and, can, and can the Steelers please target Vance McDonald more two times? Well, he, was, he left the game with a shoulder injury. He never returned. So here you go again with Vance McDonald made out of glass seemingly. Um, so I think with this, the, correct me if I'm wrong, Lance, I'm trying to think the Steelers didn't use much motion today on offense. Did they? No, no, not at all. Which is surprising because a lot of times motion will help a quarterback see what the defense is doing. 
Yes. Versus if a cornerback follows, it's going to be a man look. If he doesn't follow, you're looking at zone. And I'd, I was really surprised as I watched the game, thinking, man, I'm waiting for Mason to send Juju in motion or to send Deontay Johnson, even if they just move to the, uh, the edge and then back out just to see what the defense is doing, and they just didn't do that. They have been moving Juju around a little bit. His big touchdown, he was in the slot. They were in that bunch formation. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they, they handle this situation moving forward, but let's get through the other players. Deontay Johnson was targeted six times, had three catches for 52 yards. Again, 39 of those 52 came on a 39-yard touchdown reception, which was a nice double move by him. Good throw and catch. Uh Thoughts on Deontay Johnson in his first day as a starter? He ain't scaring nobody. Not yet, anyways, no. <clears throat> you know, my thought is that wide receiving core, trust me, ain't nobody afraid of that. And that's probably why you see guys, it's difficult to see guys get open. Even in zone coverage, guys are playing the sticks, and I feel comfortable playing man against anybody you ran out against me from that wide receiver core. I don't expect much from Deontay Johnson, unfortunately, because of the depth at the wide receiver position, because Mongrief has been an absolute bust at this moment. has been an absolute terrible free agent signing at this point. There's nobody you're going to respect on that wide receiver court, Deontay Johnson included. Now, he made a catch here, made a catch there, but, you know, sprinkle that in. That's fine. That's not going to beat you, and that's not going to scare you. But as you said, in rebuilding mode, you got to put him out there yes. you have. Yes, they're they're in rebuilding mode. So maybe okay. Let me let me let me let me say my answer again. Let me rewind. <laughs> I'm going to rewind. I think his first start was pretty good. Given that this is his first start, I think he shows some positive signs. I think you want to see him. Ask me again about Deontay Johnson. Maybe in week eight or nine. Let's see that hopefully these positive experiences will help him grow as a receiver and you see the real Deontay Johnson in about five games. I wish that I could have had a tape recorder. Right was, that a be- was that a better answer? And, uh, I wish I could have had a tape recorder. Just the part where you said, let's talk in about week eight or nine. Because all these people in the live chat right now and all these people on Twitter and all these people on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com the world is ending. This team sucks. He sucks. Rudolph sucks. De- Devin Bush is a waste. Blah, 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 blah. They're just. How in the heck are you going to gauge Mason Rudolph after one career start? You know, did you really think that he was going to step in like Ben Roethlisberger did and rattle off 15 wins in a row on the on yes, rest of the. They, 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 did. <laughs> they probably did. Yeah, um, because 14 is even more than 15 is even more than the 14 games that they had left. Yeah, no, exactly. So, <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, so let's give these players if if we can all just wrap our heads around this this rebuilding mode, okay? That doesn't mean that you're, you know, tanking for Tua as the Dolphins are down in Miami. But if we're going to embrace the fact that we just need to take a wait and see, wait and wait and see approach to this thing, let's wait a few weeks before we rush to judgment. And so that's no, 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 that's unacceptable. I got a rush of judgment today. No way. We suck. They suck. Uh, we screwed it up. We shouldn't have traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. That was a waste. That was a bust because we're not going to win any more games. We're going to go 0-16, and we could have had Tua. I hate the Steelers. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> – it, It's – you know, they're 0-3, and that's bad. And fans can have every right to be upset. But I'm just fire trying Tom. to say – Yes. Well, hashtag Fire Tom. So let's look at the defense – 
I want to talk about one player right off the bat because we already mentioned uh, Devin Bush. I want to talk about the safety play, in your opinion. Okay, so first, Mega Fitzpatrick. Okay, the guy comes in. He ends up with four tackles, one uh, four total tackles, I should say. Uh, he had one interception. He forced a fumble. Your first reaction on? Mika I'm gonna go ahead and jump. I'm gonna go ahead and jump the gun on this one. He better than Sean Davis. That's right. I said he better. I didn't even use a verb. I just said he better. Put the verb in. He better than Sean Davis. Clearly, a- absolutely clearly. Sean Davis will not be a Steeler again. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's better than Sean Davis. You can see that Minka Fitzpatrick and. Edmonds are probably going to be a very good safety combination. I, I I thought he showed a lot for limited preparation, and I'm just I'm excited. Limited, to limited, very limited. Two practices, two practices. I'm very excited to see what he looks like next week when he starts to get comfortable. He can play. What's your take on Edmonds, though? Because I agree. I thought Fitzpatrick was fantastic. He he showed burst. He was a hard hitter. He showed good range. But what was your what's your take on Edmonds so far this year? It's he, in between, it's in between the ears. It's it's in between the ears, I think, with Edmonds. I think he's he has all the physical tools. I mean, when you see him in certain spots, you're like, man, that guy's a physical player. He's physical, he's fast, he's a thumper. I think it's just in between the ears. I think he will get it. I am encouraged by the stuff that I have seen from him. Just not consistent yet. Still a very good player. And if we're in rebuild mode, Jeff, give me your answer. Let me say your rebuild mode. Let me hit you with the rebuild dust. Give me your rebuild answer when it comes to Edmonds. Let's just uh, wait a little bit. And about week eight, we'll evaluate and see where he is at that point. Everything, see, I'm sorry, Steeler fans. Like, we're laughing. You guys are upset. I'm sure you're upset. That's the show. But look, man, they don't have Ben playing this year. They are very young on both sides of the ball, except for D-line and O-line. This is a rebuild year. I tried to tell you guys that in the Yeah, I Said It show on Saturday. Yeah, I said it. I hope that Mason Rudolph plays Ben Roethlisberger into retirement. Part of the whole Ben Roethlisberger thing, extending him and bringing him back is – We've not been sold a bill of goods, but we've chosen to believe a bill of goods that this team was probably closer to competing for a championship than it actually was. But if you take a closer look, this is a very young football team on both sides of the ball, and it was probably closer in a rebuild than we all wanted to believe. And now we are absolutely in rebuild mode. So stop being squeamish. Man up. Put your big boy pants on that are black and gold. And let's just enjoy this season and see what it looks like in five games from now. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, the one thing I do want to say is, uh, you know, with what do you think would be the tipping point for the Steelers to make a decision like, uh, say, you know, midseason, hey, Keith Butler, thanks, but no thanks. We're, uh, we're going to let you go, and we're going to have someone like Terrell Austin call the plays for the rest of the, the year. What do you think would be the tipping point for something like that to take place? Being winless at the bye. Oh, and seven? Sheesh. Yeah, being winless at the bye. If they're winless at the bye, oh, oh, that boat is sinking. If they're winless at the bye, no one's going to listen to our show. (laughs) That's going to be terrible. (laughs) Yeah, not only that, but if they're winless at the bye, I think that Keith Butler is the least of the concerns. I think Mike Tomlin would have to worry. Yeah, man, the seat is hot. If you're winless, it's hot. I mean, absolutely, it's scorching. Um, yes, 
Yes. Oh, 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 yes. Because they got enough talent to be better. They got enough talent to not to be winless at the bye. They're close, but they're far. And that's the frustrating thing. They're close enough, I think, to put more consistent tape out there. I don't know if that translates to them being close to a victory, but this is rebuild mode. And because it's in rebuild mode, we have to be very patient with this team and check back with us in about another five games <laughs> to see what it looks like. So for, for me, though, you know, you look at where this team can go from here. Uh, there's a lot of different avenues, and it's it's just going to be really interesting to see how this team trends and, and ebbs and flows. I think it's going to be an up-and-down season. If you haven't figured that out by now, like you said, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. You're going to be a Kennywood riding the Steelers roller coaster, which actually yes. exists now. Um, is, there, is the Steel Phantom still in Kennywood? I mean, I might be dating It is. Now. There's an actual... Uh, I think that's a, I think they the Steel Phantom is is done. They have a Steel Phantom too, and now it's the Steelers actually have a Steel Curtain uh, roller coaster. Mm. Here we have five. Here we have Hassan puts another five bucks in the tip tray. He said, "How uh, how is uh, Fitzpatrick better than Davis?" Is the question. Uh, when's the last time John Sean Davis got close to an interception? Uh. He's coming close a lot. He just doesn't catch the football. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You know, it's it's tough. Sean it's, Davis is average. I mean, Sean Davis is average. Average on the back end just doesn't win. Fitzpatrick is better. I mean, you saw him moving around. You saw him get an interception, cause a fumble. I mean, you saw him all over the field in like two practices. He's better than Sean Davis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He, he, he is, I think he's a better, he's a better uh, football IQ. He's better vision. His range is better. And he's, he's a hitter too. He's not afraid to lay the lumber. Not that Sean Davis doesn't like to hit, but I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick just seems like he does everything just a tick better, if not more than Davis. He did get ragged all though. You see him get thrown. Did you, who was that? Uh, who was that? Not, not use check. Who was number 44 for the Niners? Threw him on a tackle. That's pretty I don't funny. Know. But he had, he, but I mean, but I, Fitzpatrick is not the issue. I like Fitzpatrick. I like the trade. I'm on record as always saying I'm going to like the trade. Let me ask you this: Go to the offensive side quickly. The the offensive line's been bad. It's yes. been bad. Period. And do you think that's a product of Mike Munchak not there, or do you just think that maybe some of those guys are getting a little long in the tooth? It's hard to say. I mean, the guy that um. I forget the guy's name, but the guy who's the offensive line coach, I mean, he studied under Munchak. I think that's solid. I mean, I've even heard from Max. Max has said that that the offensive line coach is not a downgrade, that he's a solid offensive line coach. Um, You know, quarterbacks clean up a lot of offensive line play, you know, to be honest. I mean, when you don't have Ben Roethlisberger in the game, you're going to get certain coverage looks. A lot of times with Ben Roethlisberger in the game, you're not going to get eight in the box, so you're going to be able to run it easier. You're not going to get overly blitzed. I mean, certain things you're not going to have, but they have not played well. I mean, it takes a while probably for any unit to get up to snuff and up the rhythm. Uh, you would hope that they would be better, but they haven't been, and they're going to have to play absolutely their best football to support this young quarterback. Yeah, and it's, it just has to be better. I, I, I guess that's the thing. Like Again, I said this earlier, San Francisco is a very good defensive front. I don't want to take away from that. But man, there were some times where Alejandro Villanueva didn't even touch 
Bosa coming yeah, off the edge. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I mean, I mean, there were there were situations where Rudolph draws back to pass, plants his foot in the ground, and he's got people all around him. He can't. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know what some fans are expecting Mason Rudolph to do in a situation like that. Because if Ben Roethlisberger were back there, it probably would have been very similar. He just they, they didn't have time, especially in the first half, to even make any deep throws. Everyone says you got to throw deep. You got to give him time to go. five-step drop and be able to deliver the football deep. I mean, it just wasn't there. I mean, if you can't run the ball, right, if defensive line essentially does not have to respect the run, you can't run the ball, I mean, you just get after the quarterback. He's like, you're not even worried about the run. Look, somebody will handle it. We're going to run it. We're going to literally do what the Lions used to do. We're just going to get upfield and get past the run. Our linebackers are cleaning up. They can't move anybody. They can't run it anyway. So even if we over, even if we run past the run, we'll still only give up a three-yard a three-yard carry. I mean, the thing that was really inconsistent in this game and really frustrating was first down offense. I mean, they hit some plays in the second half, but wow, first down offense was really bad. And I asked uh, Dave um, to take a look at what they averaged uh, per play on first down if they took out, I think, probably the bomb, the long play to Juju. Uh, I think that was a first down play to Juju where Juju scored. Um I mean, hey, I mean, it's just it all works together in concert. You got to be better on first down. It looked like all the second down plays should have been the first down plays because they moved the ball pretty well on second down where they were getting like four and a half to five on second down to get you in a third and five or you get three and a half, get you in a third and six, third and six. It seemed like the second down, they at least got some positive yardage to get them in some third and longs. But, you know, they put. They, they put the rookie, not the rookie, but they put the second-year starter uh, in a lot of third and longs, and those aren't really manageable for any quarterback in the National Football League. I've never seen a third and five look more painful than watching the Steelers this so, so far in 2019, and that's with Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback, too. Yes. A third and five feels like a third and 15 with this team. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's, 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 I have never seen anything like this in a long time. Let me, let me, let me speak to one of the comments. Aaron Hoffmeister, 53171, give Samuels more snaps. Explain that to, Je- to me, Jeff. Why, why, why are you going to eliminate Samuels? Like, are you good enough to take any weapon off the field? Like, you, are you really good enough to where you have a game plan that does not include Jalen Samuels, a guy that can get out in the backfield? Get yards after the catch on easy throws. Like explain and well, that to me. every time that he was on the field, I'm pretty sure he was flexed out as a wide receiver, and so he wasn't in the backfield. And and so you put him out there wide, and he's not going to be in the screen game. It's just one of the many questionable things. But I want to put this up there. Five dollars from Shield. He says, "Here you go, guys. Some money. We'll get through this. Let's get to rebuilding." He's in Pick up Shield. Pick up Shield. And, and the Shield wore, Shield's the guy that wore the alternative jersey. Yes. Yes. Uh, up shield. Another five from Isaac, a longtime listener of the show. He said, really thought we'd see more running the ball and play action, but I was kind of sh- uh, shocked they didn't do anything different. It was, here's what it was run, 
run, pass. Run, run, pass. It kind of sounds like a kid's song that I would hear on my like three-year-old's kindergarten video. T- Taylor run, Swift. Run, pass. Run, run, <laughs> pass. I mean, it's just it gets stuck in your head. Run, run, pass. It's exactly Taylor, what it was. It's a Taylor Swift sing, a new single by Taylor Swift. RRP. <laughs> RRP. RRP. Here's the thing, Jeff. What do you think about this, man? I think the offense has to unroffelsberger itself, right? I think the offense is going to have to get into being comfortable of calling a game without Roethlisberger. Like they've got to transition away from being a less it was spread out a lot i mean it was spread out a lot it didn't really look from a formation perspective that different so it may take some time for the oc and the offense in and of itself to kind of you know have a bend detox so to speak well the mo for the steelers offense this entire year but who regardless of who's a quarterback is this throwing something against the wall and seeing what will stick. There's no calculated measure. There's no, we, we know that this will work against this. There's none of that. It's just, well, if I keep throwing this against the wall, eventually something will stick. And on defense, the the theory is we're just going to basically go straight at pressure, 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 pressure. And if we can't get pressure, we're, we're screwed. And that's it. That, that seems to be the Steelers' MO on both sides of the football so far this year. And so it's one of those situations where I would really like to see Randy Feetner and the offensive staff actually come up with a plan that seems to be more than, well, we, we tried this formation last time and it didn't work, so let's try this one this time. Well, that didn't work either, so we're going to try this one next time. Let's have a little bit more sophistication. I, I have a feeling that if Mason Rudolph is in the NFL, he has a slightly higher IQ for the football, for the game of football, than just seeing what will stick over and over big, again. Big up to Justin Conway, a, a, a bright spot. He's he's right. Two, it has played well. I'll put that up on the screen. Deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two has played. Well. He's played like a grown man this year. Three and a half sacks already after three games. Yeah. There, there's some been some times where he's been absolutely unblockable. They've played well up front. They just need to play less snaps. And I, I might do that on my uh, my little metric sheet that I share with you and Dave. Is snap counts over the course of three games just to see the snap count differential? Because um, I'm I'm wondering where differential and snap count is. Is there any correlation between that and wins? Just try to see, you know, some type of statistical thing there. Yeah. You know, who knows, man? But Jeff, man, hearing you this down makes me sad. <laughs> I don't, feel like I'm that, I don't feel like I'm that down. I mean, like you said, I mean, I knew it was going to be a tough spot. And I, I I picked the Steelers to win. I had them coming from behind. And um, although there wasn't as many score, it wasn't as high scoring as I thought it could be. Um, you put it best when you said they had a four-point lead with under five minutes to go in the game and the football. You would think, if not knowing anything else, if you woke up from a coma, that that's not a bad that's not a bad spot for Mason Rudolph in his first career start as a starter in the NFL. And James Conner fumbles the football and we all see how it plays out from there. But I, I'm still gonna hang my head on I I'm gonna hang my head on the fact that, that this team was was not demolished. It was not an aberration, you know, 
it wasn't as bad, I guess, as a lot of people are making out to be in my eyes. So we'll see. The tight end position is definitely something that's being talked about a lot. What tight end position? Exactly. I mean, this is bad. I mean, they shored up the safety position by trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. There has to be a tight end that's just there has to be a tight end that's unemployed right now that could be an upgrade over Xavier Grimble and uh, Gentry, the rookie. I mean, what are they doing? I mean, they have no role in the offense. So let's just get somebody else that possibly could. Whew, bad. It's rough. So, okay, the, the live chat. I mean, we have a lot of people watching the show live. We have ever had, had over, I think it was 370 at one point. People were ticked off, rightfully so. Um, not telling people that they shouldn't be ticked off because you're entitled to your opinions and you're entitled to feel the way you want to feel about the team. But if you've seen a common theme throughout this show, it's that Lance and I personally believe that we have to take a wait-and-see approach with a lot of these players because outside of the two lines, offensive and defensive line, they're very, very young. And so Snowman puts $2 in the tip jar. He says five turnovers is promising. But yeah. Get five turnovers, man. In terms of the turnover ratio, they're doing they're doing okay, doing okay. Yeah, of course you can. I don't want to spin it that other way, but so I'm going to say five turnovers is promising. Yeah. Yep. There you go. But losing with five turnovers is not promising. No. <laughs> so I couldn't help it. I can't help this either. There's there's Raymond Santiago has been in the live chat the past two. <laughs> hey, Jeff. He, hey, Jeff. He, was, he was on during the Steelers burning question last night. He writes, Jeff Harvin is a big Ben hater. Lance, I mean, I'm sitting Jeff, here in a in a Ben Roethlisberger jersey. Um, Jeff, I wish I wish you could pause. How close are your jerseys, Jeff? I, I'll uh, hold they're, they're, they're all upstairs. Oh, they're all upstairs. I wish you could go and get probably your 10 Ben Roethlisberger jerseys. <laughs> and you could just hold each one up. Wow, we I'm, I'm literally sitting here in a Ben Roethlisberger jersey. He <laughs> is the biggest Ben Roethlisberger fan that I know. Like every <laughs> jersey that Jeff has is yes. a Ben Roethlisberger jersey. Every single one. If anyone is a Ben Roethlisberger hater, it's me. <laughs> it's me. It is not Jeff. Trust me. So I will take all of the vitriol. Jeff is not a big Ben hater. If anything, I am a big Ben hater. He's a guy that I I hate that I have to like at times. Uh, yeah. So listen to my show. Listen to the yeah, I said it. I hope Mason Rudolph plays big Ben into <laughs> retirement. Like, What more can I say? Listen to that is my evidence that I – if, if there's a hater between us two with Ben, it's me, not Jeff. I got to hold you down, co-host. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Raven says that he did it for the last, and I, I'm sure he's true. And Carswell says, take that Ben jersey off. I don't own any other jerseys. Like, any jersey I would go to is another Roethlisberger jersey. <laughs> another Roethlisberger. <laughs> I'm not joking around when I say that I don't own any other player's jersey other than number seven. I have Color an authentic, I have an authentic white, black. black letter. Got, yes, 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 yes. Only thing he doesn't have is, like, an alternative color jersey, Ben Roethlisberger. 
like the gold jersey big big. I wouldn't buy those for anybody though, because it's not a jersey they're gonna wear on the field. Exactly. See, Jeff has all been all the time. And I'm telling you, Jeff's inner self, his inner seven is hurting. Yes. I'm definitely torn because you see a guy that's meant so much to your fanhood as Ben Roethlisberger has to mine. And you see the potential future in Mason Rudolph. And I know people are going to say future. We talking about let's give the kids some time before we rush to judgment. Let's wait five games and then we'll talk after week eight. Right. And so um, with that being said, yeah, definitely. I think a lot of Steeler fans are like me. They're kind of torn inside. They don't know where we're going. <laughs> I'm laughing at the I'm laughing at the, the live chat. Dino Lance is a bum. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, with that, I think that's a great way to end the show. Um, that Lance is a bum. It's so okay. Yes. We've we've been called worse. Let's just put it that way. We've been called much worse than a bum. So <laughs> Lance, go ahead, get put on your spin doctor shoes, and uh, why don't you get Steeler fans? Try your best. You're the coach. You're trying to motivate your team. All is not lost. Sixteen games. Go for it. Get them fired up for next week. Next week is next week. Nothing that you did this week counts for next week. Focus on next week. Prepare, and you have another opportunity to get a win there you go like bill cower did in 2005 you go and you wipe down all of the you wipe down all the games and they're just leaves one just one game just one it's one game just one game kathy kathy gives us five bucks in the tip for say good show no doom and gloom needed exactly kathy it's only three games are you ready for the unbelievable comeback that is the 2019 steelers Make the magic last for more than just one night. Just one. I apologize for that. Yes, I'm <laughs> forever. I am still excited about watching this football team. I was excited about watching this game and not having one iota of how this was going to go. And I was like, man. They got the ball with about five minutes to go. Are we going to come in here and get lucky and win this? Nope. Nope. <sighs> Chris Chris Irwin says, number one pick in 2020. Oh, yeah, we don't have it. No, we do. He plays safety. He's number 39. So his name is Minka Fitzpatrick. Enjoy it because I think he's going to be around for a while. So, <laughs> having said, I'm a secret Browns fan. Oh man, I hate the Browns. So, you see those uniforms they're playing in the night? Who could like I, that? I honestly, I have the TV off right now. I just can't. Jeez. So, so all right, folks. So, listen up. The you might be done with the Steelers, but we're not done with our job. And what that means is that we are going to continue to churn out content because it's what we do because it's what you expect. So tomorrow night, Monday night, will be the Steelers hangover with Brian and Tony. They'll rehash the game. They'll give their take on it. Yes. Tuesday will be the Stat Geek with uh, Dave Schofield. Wednesday will be our show, The Standard is Standard. We're hoping to get a Cincinnati Bengals podcast drawn with us. Thursday will be the Steelers preview. Friday will be, yeah, I said it. We will actually have an extra episode based on the fact that the Steelers are playing on Monday night. Lance has got the burning question next week. I got to go back for I know what the burning question is going to be for Steelers fans. 
will the Steelers win a game this season? That'll be the burning question. It'll be interesting. I'll I'll be listening after I have golf in a golf tournament. So we what? <laughs> so listen, here we go. One week at a time. Bengals are up next. Monday Night Football. We're still giving away those tickets, by the way. So check out that uh, promotional stuff going on. Uh, check the website for all the details on that. Lance, as always, send us off. Tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Absolutely. We will see you next week for another episode of the Steelers Post Game Show. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.